Welcome back to another episode of the Voice First Podcast. Today's guest is Basque Sessions, coming in for the second in a series of jam sessions where we're discussing the future of the intersection of artificial intelligence and the Columbus music community, and how artists are able to use artificial intelligence as a tool, and what's becoming known as the greatest boss battle for millennials' attention. We're deciding how to find the holistic balance between artificial intelligence and musicians here in Columbus, Ohio. Today we're dropping in on a session with Basque, where they're discussing their prior experience in prior bias with artificial intelligence, and then we start jamming on what we can envision the future of artificial intelligence looking like with Basque. Like you mentioned with the class, we're dealing with unique problems that the people who are already established in running voice companies are not, which yeah. is we have to deal with the fact that our generation grew up with phones, grew up as thumb swipers and screen facers yeah. and pinchers and spreaders and swipers. And we're dealing with a problem where we have to figure out how to create some sort of balance where we know how powerful this technology is and we understand how much it can do, where we also don't understand that we don't want to give up total control. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to replace all of our teachers with artificial intelligence. And we don't want all of our music to be created by AI. We want that human element. Yep. Mm-hmm. We yep. need that human element. So we're solving these problems and we're each bringing a different piece to the table. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious from your guys' perspective, <laughs> if you've thought of that problem of AI, and I'd love to hear you guys individually of, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, what are we doing with AI? Mm-hmm. But general kind of high level thoughts as it's developing, have you thought of what kind of role you want it to play with artists or with humans or how we want to find that balance? Have mm-hmm. you guys thought about that at all as individuals? Love to hear both of your perspectives. So one of the things that I've always been interested in, and it's kind of the the thesis for life in terms of the balance between humanity and technology, or when I was originally think about this, thinking about this, humanity and the internet. Um, basically, in terms of AI, I think the largest thing that we, can, the biggest thing that we can use this for, is personal measurement. There's a lot of bias in terms of looking inward and looking at oneself uh, for how one experiences life. That things like Apple Watch, Fitbit, any kind of smart device that you wear on your body will sort of adjust. I I can't remember the name of the YouTube channel, uh, but there was a guy who took this to an extreme where he would wear a Fitbit and measure the his heart rate over his day and use that as a metric for his excitement. Yeah. He was a teacher at the time. While he was teaching, very low heart rate. He And he knew this internally, that he yeah. didn't enjoy his job, where he was working more individually in science, doing teaching wow. online instead of in person in yeah, classroom. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's heart what rate. I was gonna do, obviously. I was gonna tutor for tutor oh, English yeah, yeah. to Chinese students. So his heart rate, his heart rate would rise. Uh, and he would use that to determine is this is teaching really what I want to do is teaching in a classroom really what I want to do or can I take this online into YouTube into a new field and so being able to measure oneself outside of what outside of your own bias outside of your own perspective without the hassle of using pen and paper I think that's really where AI is going to be able to come into play so you're able to the AI is only showing you 
the metrics and then you get to make decisions based off those metrics instead of the AI specifically controlling what you do um, a la like the Netflix suggestions almost. Yeah, yeah. One of the big trends is tracking. Out from the book The Inevitable by Kevin Kelly, founder of Wired, written in 2018. 12 trends that'll be successful for the next 30 years. One of them is tracking. Humans will always want to track more about themselves. And I think you're right. AI's can help with that. Wow. Turning it to you, Benny. Oh, God. In terms of artificial intelligence and just what have your thoughts been? However, that conversation is played out in your head because it's different for everybody. Yeah. It's hard to say. I feel like, like you said, I touched up on it a little bit. And, and for me, it's just really through personal experience where it's just like, oh, I've caught myself. Yeah, I, as, as stupid as it sounds, I caught myself being more of a millennial, right? Like, um, even from the small details where it's like, when me and Adam would shoot a video, we would cater to widescreen, right? Mm -hmm. And we've done that for a while. I mean, it's just like, even from like, just having YouTube for so long, when you post a video, you want to export wide, you want to export, you know what I mean? But then kind of realize like, nobody, Nobody really watches wide unless they're on their laptop or desktop, and nobody's on their desktop anymore, really. Right. You know what I mean? So we take it to another level where it's like, even our conversation where it's like, okay, so how about we jump the curve here and like not even jump in the curve at this point where we just shoot vertically, right? And just doing that like made it just look better, obviously mm. feel better, um, but it had a better engagement too. Uh, and and uh, I learned that when you're scrolling through Instagram and you see a formatted video where it's wide and it's a video, you're gonna have lower engagements to when it was portrait mode. Because people look at it and they're gonna be like, oh, mentally and through habit, those wides are usually sponsored videos, right? And you know, nobody watches ads so they just keep scrolling. And that's true, I've, I've researched this up too, by the way, keep in mind. And I realized that and I was like, okay, so like, People are really, like you said, people are in, like, on their phone, like this, constantly, to this face, like, so just watching portrait mode, and I'm like, okay, wow. So then now taking it to another level where it's like, oh, through my experience, I have to sit down and watch, watch shit while I'm eating food, you know what I mean? And with what I saw recently, where it's those tablets that are coming out with Google Assistant, I'm just like, dude, like, this is perfect for Bass, because, you know, when people want to put music on, they can also watch something visual for it, like... Um, but that's just me. Like, I feel like I'm still pretty close-minded about it, to be honest. Would you say that a lot of your exposure and thoughts around AI has been shaped by what we've seen emerging with Instagram and social media platforms? Specifically, I think, because with Facebook, uh, I, when, when I want to just... Powerful algorithms. Yeah, when I want to just sit down, like I used to just sit down on my phone and go through videos, not even through YouTube anymore. Like, mainly, like, Facebook has this beautiful beautiful setup with their videos where it's like you can hop on a video and then scroll down and it's related videos but it never ends you can keep scrolling and it and never scroll. ends right so i've caught myself on those for like two three hours especially when you smoke and get high and just couch lock you know what i mean like i've caught myself this was in LA when I caught, when I did most of it, and I'm like, dude, like this is crazy. And the fact that Facebook's still doing well, they're figuring out algorithms where it helps them. And compete, so you, you know? see this, <coughs> and then you, as a business owner, trying to get, like you say, ahead of the curve. Yeah. You make the decision. Instagram is the place to be. YouTube is the place to be. Mm -hmm. 
So you, you see and you're like, wow, I hate that I'm scrolling. But at the same time, I know that there's an opportunity for me to succeed there. What, how does it shift? So, so there's like the side that you say is the consumer, which is we don't like it. And now don't even try to find the balance. Just jump to the opposite end of the, right. the spectrum. When you're as the business owner and you're saying this is the platform I want to be on, why did Basque Sessions choose the platforms that they picked? Like, in what ways are you guys leveraging AI as a tool now for Basque Sessions already? So, like, for Instagram, uh, InstaTV has been out for, I want to say, eight months to a year Yeah, it's now. not. It's pretty new still. It's not terribly new, but it's still pretty new. Yeah. Um, and a lot of stuff... <laughs> at least that I've seen on there, is more skit-based. There's a lot of motivational yeah, yeah. speaker stuff on there, but... Critically speaking, as well as it should be doing, I don't think it's doing that well still. Instagram TV? Yeah, I still think it has buffering issues. It has some, like... I don't know, maybe that's just me and my phone and my data, but, like, as much as it is great, maybe, and maybe we are jumping the curve, and maybe it hasn't had that, you know, like, rush of good engagement and interactions, it's just... I don't know. It's just like it hasn't been blowing my mind. Does that make sense? In terms of well, okay. So I think there's two parts to that. One, in order to get to Instagram TV, just as a platform on its own, as compared to the regular Instagram feed, you still yeah. have to go up into that corner and hit that TV. I think so. But hey, at the same yeah. time, I think because it's still a fairly new aspect of Instagram, and this happens any time that a social media adds a new feature, mm. they push it. Facebook yeah. videos, they pushed yeah. it. They they adjusted the algorithm so that people would see more videos. And I think that's kind of Elijah Banks, our one of our second uh, our second session that we posted. On our channel, I think 300 views. On his channel, 8,000. It was one of those things where in terms of his content, blew his got, metrics through the roof. It got put on the uh, discovery page, which I still have my issues with Instagram where it's like, I've been on the discovery page myself for skits. And they don't inform you. They don't tell you. Don't, don't get me wrong. The views and engagement's great, right? But it's just like at a certain extent, it's like, well, what could have, what if I would have known this would have happened? If I would have known that it would have been put on discovery page, what could have done better to make it more, you know, engaging? Right. Right. Because they didn't do that, you know. And, and, and that would be don't like, get me yeah. wrong. The video was great, you know what I mean. But I'm just like, man, Instagram still has some some mechanics that they need to work on. Well, I mean, they're always a work in progress. That's the thing with the uh, the Silicon Valley types is that they put something out to see if it works. And then if it doesn't work, they adjust it constantly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Curious of you guys' perspective then, because we're in the social media age. We're in the age of web. Michael said we're shifting from the social internet to the internet of things, which is a very interesting discussion on its own. Um, the social platforms that exist today, in terms of our class and the people that are going to be growing up with us, do you think that they are where attention is going to stay for a long period of time? Or do you think that attention is going to move to a different platform powered by AI? Are you discussing like Kinda their like own personal attention or like as a group as they're a going to move from Facebook to something else? I, mean, I think that's going to happen inevitably. What? what you just said. Oh, that something is going to change? That people are going to up and move to a different platform. I think social media now, back in the day, is all about a generational thing. 
you heard of people in between the age of MySpace and Facebook, but then you also hear people who never had a MySpace now. You know what I mean? So it's just like it's a generational thing for me, at least I think. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. Yeah. though. I think that there exactly. there was a big issue with the the guy who was the leader of I I can't remember the exact story, but I feel like there was a marketing problem that he did, or he kept adding features or something. The basically bottom line that he drove people away. Okay. Um, yeah. In terms of Facebook, Instagram, the the big four, if you will. Um, I I don't know. To, being here to stay, I think is. Those are big words, um, but we're still using Time Warner Cable or Spectrum as it's known now, yeah. which has been around for what 50 yeah. years or something. But arguably, like Time Warner Cable, the only thing holding them together is sports in general. That's a good point. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of live TV that people watch anymore. But that's also the same. I, I would say that goes along with this. That eventually, like as new tech we move from this device internet to the internet of things. Maybe it's not so much that something is going to replace Facebook on our device-centered internet. Yeah. It's that people are going to move from device internet in general into a social media that's not that Facebook can't conform to or can't format it. So your opinion, Mike, is that the big four are here to stay. They've established themselves. In the format of internet that we have yes. right now. Heard, heard, heard. And your perspective, Benny, is that it's a generational thing and each new generation comes up with its own evolution of a social experience. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, like now, thinking about it, with the inclusion of AI, which I never really thought about, Mike is probably right. I think, I think it might move to something different where it, it could even still be generational, but maybe social media realizes that the AI system is the algorithm to work with, right? Say like Facebook, hypothetically Facebook dies off, mm -hmm. right? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram dies off because a new social media, TikTok, came through and they partnered with like AI, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There might be a lot more opportunities there to make. Does that make sense? Yeah. But that's also considering um, the consumer base too, right? If that generation is going to have more Google Homes, uh, Apple Watches, if that's consumed, yeah, of course, it's going to move to that, right? Mm -hmm. So let's flip this onto you, Pat, I guess. Then in terms of as people are adopting voice, as, as voice is adopting screens, do you think that there is a social platform to be made on these voice AI devices. First, congrats on being the first guest to ever say, let's flip this on you <laughs> and asking a question. Yes, right? Yeah. I'm coming for you, hot ones. New things. <laughs> I'm very biased being the founder of a voice company, but that's, that's where I, I want to see it emerge because the killer apps, the killer apps of voice right now are Spotify, TuneIn, the Weather Channel, um, and the the existing dominance of the news industry, Forbes, Time, uh, TechCrunch, Wired Magazine, like the people who already Ooh, have a presence somewhere else. I never even thought about so those that. are the people that already have the killer apps because they, and, and what did they do? <coughs> they took roads that are currently built for horses and they're driving these nice cars on them. And the people that want to ride in the cars will take a ride on that car, but still the roads are pretty much built for 
horses to ride on, which is what most people are riding the horses on. They're still riding it on the age of web and social. I see this internet of things like Mike's saying as being a total sh paradigm shift in how humans interact with technology. And I see ambient computing, a more passive form being what humans want. Okay. I think that the whole screen facer thumb swiper is um, something that humans are gonna grow out of. And I think we want computers to be present, but I don't think we want them to have a dominant place in our lives. I think we really enjoy conversations like this, where all three of us are talking, none of us are looking at a phone, but there's a phone present reporting the conversation. Me, That's ambient computing at its finest. Let me cut you off, like, because anybody could have told me that, and I wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> but you're telling me, and it's like, I think you're right, dude. I You just heard the second installment in our Mastermind Musical Jam series for Columbus, Ohio musicians talking about the future intersection of artificial intelligence as a tool for musicians and the holistic Midwestern love culture that musicians in Ohio, specifically Columbus, have had for decades, maybe even centuries. If you want to stay involved in the conversation, check out the show notes for links on both Basque and Voice. And besides that, I'll check you tomorrow on the next episode of the Voice First podcast. This is Sweets, signing off.